Yes. So, good morning, uh, Mr. Yeah, Evans, Amanda, Uman, Binji. Good morning. Good morning there. Good, the way morning. <laughs> good afternoon where you are in Kenya. Yeah, in Kenya it's an afternoon right now. It's around, it's, it's 2 actually, 2 p.m. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Well, thank you very much for connecting. Thank you for your, you know, for taking out of your busy schedule to come and talk to us today. I appreciate it. And um, just to let everybody know, as the invitation said, we are speaking to an African composer, Mr. Evans Ombanda Uma Mbinji. And um, we're going Great. to talk to him about his works, where he started, how he started, what he's doing today, and his future projects and future plans. Thanks to anybody who decides to join us live and anybody who will watch the videos later. Um, he has a Facebook profile. I think he also has a Facebook page, like a professional page. You can reach him online if you want to. So let us commence. Um, so you're speaking to us from Kenya. Um, I would like to start by looking at you as a, as a composer. You are a composer, a lecturer, a choral director. You are also a visiting choral conductor. So you work you know, across sure. different strands. Um, but if we look sure. at you as a composer, which is what the, our website is mainly about and our and this Facebook page. Can you tell us when you started composing and what made you start? Just take us through the, the why, the when of, of music composition for you. Uh, thank you very much for, for that. Uh, actually, I uh, my father used to be a musician. He used to play piano and, uh, and guitar. And uh, he used to teach us while in the house. And uh, we used to sing in church. So in primary, I used to sing in school. When I went to high school, I also used to sing. I actually started composing when I went to university. Uh, that's where I wrote my first song. And then uh, one of my lecturers used to really Just give us a second, please. Please give us a second. 
No problem. No problem. Welcome back. Yes. I yeah. I just wanted to, if you don't mind, can you perhaps start again? You talked about composing your first work at university and one of yeah. your lectures being interested in what you worked on. Let's start from yes. there. Yes, I uh, my first composition, as I've said, uh, was in the university, and then some of my colleagues, students, fellow students, were assisting me, and some of them, my directors by then, were also assisting me in the course, and they were criticizing my music. I keep doing and doing until I perfected uh, the art, and now I can say that I've done so many compositions which others are set pieces in um, some festivals in Kenya. I've even sent some of my music outside and uh, some of uh, some also published. Yeah, that's okay. where I am. That's All right, let's, let's go back to that, that journey. Can you remember, well, you probably like, most likely do, the name of your first composition and did you study, was, were you studying music or music composition at this time? Because you talk about your colleagues criticizing your work and you having to adjust and improve it. Actually, I didn't study composition. Yeah, it was, uh, I just uh, studied uh, other things, like uh, I did uh, become business administration. That's what I was teaching. And then, but music was just a passion, talent. And then later, when I finished university, I started doing it online and uh, doing a little bit in some courses here and there until uh, I did a diploma in music. Yeah. So my first composition, I would say that it's uh, about 20 years ago, which was uh, a Kiswahili song. Okay. Yes. Um, you don't know about the title, but is it recorded anywhere? Is it available for us? Uh, it is not recorded anywhere. Has it become folklore? Because this is something that I don't know if many of us are aware of. African composers, they compose music. It becomes very well known, very popular. Everybody learns it, you know, it's sung in the towns, cities, villages, and the name of the composer is usually not attached to the song because the song just becomes something everybody sings. Is that what has happened to your first composition? Yeah, <laughs> actually, actually, the song was very popular, like uh, in, uh, it, was a, it was a sacred song. It was very popular in most churches. But after that, I was not even interested of, uh, of uh, publishing it or... Uh, or even sharing it uh, to to some uh, some professional choirs outside there. By then, my name was uh, I was not really known, so okay. it just disappeared. It just ended here up here in, ah, in my right. country. It yes. was well received, but it seems that you were not too proud of it. Is that am I misunderstanding? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah, you know, like in our country, sometimes when your your song becomes very popular, at some point it fades. Yeah, and people want to see you writing each time nice. so you like uh, forget the songs you did before oh okay okay yeah right. it sounds like there's some nostalgia there but listen you've put it out there people are enjoying it um it would be yeah. nice if, uh, like i said i've noticed this uh, across african composers and africa generally yeah. when it comes to our music there's usually no link between some composers and their music you can see some arguments going on online about who actually composed this piece because it has become yes. part of the furniture, so to speak, part of people's culture. So you don't, some people don't even know that many of what the songs they sing are actually written by composers who are still alive and still walking around. But, you know, I, I hope right. that you, know, you, you reconcile, I suppose, mm -hmm. with the music and well done. And thanks for giving us your first piece about 20 years ago. Um, yeah. 
So if we just talk, touch on your style of music uh, composition now, can you tell us about the, the different styles? How will you describe your style of composing music? Uh, I, I write a lot of uh, Kenyan traditional music, which we call arrangements. Yeah, it's just choruses that are sung in church. I do arrangements. I also do compositions and uh, I also do English music. But uh, what has really inspired me is African-American Negro spirituals. So songs that I write in English, I normally tend to, to use the style of African-American. And then uh, my compositions, I use uh, traditional idioms of uh, Kenyan idioms, Kenyan rhythms and Kenyan folk music. Okay, okay. So, um, and which you say you composed in Kiswahili, you said Kenyan languages and English. Um, yeah, Kenya, we have uh, in Kenya, we have about 42 tribes. Yeah, so from different, we have so many communities. Okay. So, my music tends sometimes to be I pick communities, different communities, idioms, and uh, and some cultural music, which sometimes I, uh, I arrange. Okay, good. Because I, I want to talk yeah. about you know arrangements later on. Um, yeah. But for now, you've talked about the different tribes that you, that um, exist across Kenya mm -hmm. that, that are, you yes. have. Do you do you think that composing in different languages is a Do you find it challenging? Do you find it challenging to stay through to the pronunciations and to get the meanings of the word the words across in your music? It is uh, difficult, but uh, I would say that uh, when you do you also learn a lot. You learn the culture of that particular tribe, the, uh, the way they speak, the way they, 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 they do their thing. Sorry, and can I just... Get... Okay, sorry, can I just cut you, cut you off there a bit? Um, for yes. example, if, 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 um, if you are going to compose a Kyrie, for example, in Latin, yes. right? Yes. I don't think many people actually go and look at the culture or speak to somebody who speaks Latin to understand, you know, to understand the people, the history, the background. It seems that what you are saying is you don't just take the words from the a Kenyan yes. language, perhaps that like you don't speak, yes. you actually do some research. No. You have to do research because uh, you never know. Sometimes uh, you may be told to to speak about that particular music. You know, right. the culture will uh, really make you to, to know the way that they, they, they behave, the way, the way they do their thing, and it will make you really appreciate and appreciate more of their culture and, you know, to know how they, uh, how they do, something like that, yeah. Right, okay. So that, yeah, yeah. This is interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is interesting to discover for me. I guess because I've yeah. mainly concentrated on church music, which um, if you've grown mm -hmm. up listening to church music in different languages, you don't put in the effort to research the background of the languages because you've heard it over mm -hmm. and over and over again. But this is mm -hmm. absolutely interesting. Um, and we did say earlier that yeah. you are a lecturer. So I guess yes. some of that feeds into that respect that you have and the need to go into yes. detailed research. Okay, that's interesting. Yes. Um, <laughs> you, I've noticed that you use the, the call and response model in your arrangements. By the way, I talked about, you talked about arrangements earlier. You hinted yeah. on that. I want to quickly yeah. find out before we talk about call and response, um, the model that you use, do you compose mostly, or do you do mainly arrangements? Because I've noticed some of your, comp your arrangements or compositions, I can't really tell if they are arrangements of traditional existing 
Kenyan music or if they are composed mm -hmm. by you. Sorry to put it, you know, so bluntly, but mm -hmm. with Africans, African composers, especially with the research I'm doing or this project that I'm working on, so to speak, a program, you can't really tell. You go on YouTube, you find a video. You can't tell if the video you are watching is music by the composer or an arrangement or is somebody else's because the details are sometimes not added to the video. So you can check Vimeo, mm -hmm. Facebook. These details don't get added. The names disappear into the ether. And I talked about this earlier in terms of folklore. So do you mainly compose or mostly arrange? We're going to watch two of your videos of you conducting some music. So, um, and I know they are arranged by you, but we, I don't know if they are composed by you. Do you mainly compose or do you mainly arrange? I do compositions. I also do arrangements, but I will say I, uh, I do most arrangements, probably because uh, our nature of, uh, of festivals in Kenya are uh, basically arrangements. Sometimes uh, you, they tell you to arrange, do this, take, pick this melody, pick this uh, folk song, are you able to arrange? And then you also have uh, categories of compositions. But most of my compositions that I have used are normally thematical, thematical, basically for church and prob probably for specific festivals. Yeah. So yeah. most of them are not online. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. Um yes. what you what you just touched on now is quite important because I have been contacted by people before. Um yes. who have said, Can you compose can you write something from for example, I'm a Nigerian from Nigerian yes. folk music. So I think what you are yes. doing is capturing mm. the history of your country mm -hmm. or history of Kenya yes. by recording, you know, putting into yes. writing the folk music. So yes, I have been contacted yes. by them. I know the importance of doing that. Um, I don't yes. know if it's been done enough <laughs> um, because mm -hmm. some of us just want to contribute new music, but I, I mean, yes. you know, well done <laughs> for doing that and, and putting in on paper your the history and historical music from, from Kenya. Um, so I was talking about the call and response model. Right. Maybe this mm -hmm. is it's all about the folklore now and folk music. You use the call and response mm -hmm. model in some of your arrangements and compositions. I would like to play yeah. uh, mm. Buana Nipepesa here. So we we'll okay. listen to this and oh. then we'll come back to and continue the interview. Great. And we are having some difficulty with our with the music. I will play it again and see what happens. We were getting an echo from one of our microphones.
So that was Buana Nipe Pesa. So um, I was talking about the call and response model earlier. Do you, is that, is, was that a floor yeah. or was that composed by you? And do you typically like well, to write the call and response model? That song is uh, not my composition. It is uh, an arrangement. Okay. It is a uh, it is a song that has, uh, is in the public domain. Yeah, it is a song that we normally call that style Zilizopendwa, the songs that are loved by 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 people. Which Zilizopendwa. Are Zilizopendwa. 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 Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are normally done. They are secular music. Some are gospel just for entertainment and they are, they're always been being played uh, the public the radio television so you just ah. pick that idiom and then now you arrange it chorally okay chorally. yes okay um right. you work with choral groups in kenya and in the united states i believe that choral group and that performance yes. was in the united states they perform work yes. by by kenyan composers they perform arrangements right. as you've made clear to us now what yes. is your criteria for picking the, the works that you use at these types of events and these visits? And is it easier to use the call and response style? What's your criteria for picking works? Okay, this call and response style, uh, probably it is, uh, it, is, uh, it is most in Kenya because in our music, and I think in believing most African music, you find that they were not composed in the idiom of like, you're thinking of a choir, no. It is just uh, folk music whereby sometimes somebody comes, sings along, and then there is a response from uh, probably the audience. So most of our music are, uh, are brought in because of that style yeah, of, uh, of, of, of arrangement. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's not that. It's that works easier for those choirs. Because I want to know, how do you decide, I'm going on this trip. I've been invited to this part of the world. This is what I'm going to use for the choir. How do you okay. Uh, what I normally do is uh, I normally like to use uh, our cultural music so that we also promote my country, the style of my country. And then I tend to also pick music that I know will be much easier outside there in terms of reading, in terms of text, yeah, in terms of text and, uh, and style. Okay. Yeah, something simple that people are able to learn faster and uh, simple rhythm okay. yeah and of course a song that i know can uh, has color has has beauty yeah okay. that dictates what i choose okay um yeah. okay 
So let me quickly play Dunia Yarero. And by the way, yeah. Dunia Yarero, we have the word Dunia in a certain part of Nigeria as well, or certain parts of Nigeria. Dunia yeah. means life or the world. Does it mean the same thing? The world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dunia is the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it means the we same thing. Great. Yes. So let's listen to Dunia. Uh, Was the junior Yarero. Um, yes. <laughs> conducting that performance. <laughs> Who was the conductor? Uh, conductor. 
That was that is me. Yes. Okay, just to let everybody know that you know he's a composer, that's, that's lecturer, right. and arranger, a conductor. Right. He works with you know mm -hmm. choirs from all over the world. Um, and yeah, he, he's basically he basically like I you know say I've said about our previous guests as well. You know he wears many hats. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that also had the call and response style to it. That's a, another beautiful yes. arrangement by our guest composer. Yeah. Yes. What are the differences? You talked earlier about giving them a simple work. And by the way, I was yes. going to, I think I better also mention this here. We, as Africans, we perform works of composers from all over the world. Um, yes. I don't think anybody sat down and said, let's give them something simple to perform. But you, mm -hmm. you seem to make a decision to try and simplify the work. Is it because of time constraints? Do you not think you probably want to give them something a lot more? perhaps shall I say challenging or difficult because the same decisions are not made about us. We take the works from all over the world and we perform them. What do you think? Uh, I think uh, it's dictated by uh, most of our choirs in uh, in like Kenya, in Africa are not uh, the auditioned choirs. You find that probably my choir, if I'm teaching a choir in the university, even if they're doing music, but they probably cannot sight read. Like even my uh, community choir, like church choir, they're not able to sight read. So sometimes you do something, you know, that will not really give them difficulty during training. So sometimes you find that that becomes your style and uh, you want to do music and requires to learn as fast as possible. Yeah. So I think that dictates it. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, just to pursue that point a little bit further then, in terms of working with choirs in Africa and choirs outside of Africa, yeah. um, what is the difference between working with choir in Kenya or the different choirs you've worked with or in Africa generally and working with choirs outside of Africa? Like what I've just said, choirs outside there like uh, in America and in other continents, in Europe, they are good because they are able to sight read their auditioned members and uh, some of the choirs that have uh, directors over there that have asked me to write for their music, I tend to to write uh, a little bit complicated, not very simple, because I know they are able to to to, to do them quite okay. well. And I would say that choirs there are uh, more you find singers are more researched than our singers. They have time they could because they are very professionals. Choirs in Africa probably you'll find that uh, people do it because of uh, like a hobby. Yeah, sometimes they have other things they do. They don't study music. Yeah, so it becomes difficult sometimes because you're teaching our members and probably they have so much in their head. Some are looking for fees, some are from school, some are from work. But, you know, choirs outside there, you find that uh, they are very professional and that is what they study. Okay, okay. Yes. Uh, right, okay. Well, if we just, I guess, pivot a little bit and change, completely change direction now as we near the end of the interview, I will, you know, raise open the floor up to you, by the way, or if you or invite you rather to just tell us say something freely at the end of the interview give us your opinion on certain things but let's just finish with talking about composers completely changing topic now which african composer would you our guest composer of today most like to collaborate with and why did you pick this particular composer in africa yes <laughs> Uh, okay, there are some uh, composers in uh, South Africa that uh, I really admire. 
Yeah, I wouldn't name one specifically, specifically okay. but there are some that, uh, that I learn a lot from them. Okay. Yeah, uh, and, and, uh, and they help me, especially when I see their style, when I, I, I listen to their styles. It really inspires, inspires my, my music style. Okay, that's nice. That's um, very nice. And um, if if you were to, for example, put out a call for scores to perform with one of your choirs, because I talked about mm -hmm. the criteria earlier, are you open to working with composers from across Africa who will send you their works to consider performance with your choirs in Kenya or anywhere else? Because it's not, you know, it's beyond um, supporting ourselves and promoting our culture and our continent that we we also perhaps mm -hmm. consider supporting others. So are you open? Do you collaborate? Do you support other African composers? Great. I uh, I have really worked with uh, some of African composers like in Uganda, in uh, in South Africa, as I've mentioned. I've also done some work from, uh, I think I've done a work from, from Nigeria. I've also done some, uh, some work from uh, Gambia. Yeah, and I would really love to do most of their music okay. and I will, it will be a great thing when we do a collaboration with okay. some of the directors there and composers some of the directors and composers okay and everybody yeah. can reach you through facebook if yeah. they can if they want to um and they want to collaborate they can send you their works for yeah. considerations i like how you said you know yeah. <laughs> most you didn't yeah. say all so let's see i guess it depends on the quality yeah. and criteria which we talked about yeah. earlier yeah. um which sure. i asked about so can we know what is next in the pipeline for for you, what's next? The next project you are working on, if you want to tell us, or if you feel that you can. Uh, we are doing. I'm doing a collaboration with uh, one of the American conductors from uh, Seattle, who I met in uh, in Seattle in Washington University. He's coming over in February, in three weeks' time. Yeah, we are. I'm, I'm doing his music with uh, some of my choirs here in Kenya, and he's coming to conduct. And then I'm also working on uh, on uh, on doing compositions like a mass with my choir that I need, I need to record this uh, this year. Just simple compositions. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thanks for you know giving us an insight into your work and you know thanks for all the hard work that you put in promoting the Kenyan culture, mm -hmm. Kenyan music, African music. And I don't know, I'm going to open the floor up to you now as you round, as we round up our conversation. And, you know, it's been too short because um, we have a lot mm -hmm. more to talk about. If you have any, you, perhaps that you've always wanted to talk about with respect to African music, African compositions, feel free to talk about it now. Concerns that you have, challenges, um, advice that you have for up and coming composers. This, you know, this is, Please use this opportunity to say what you feel like saying. Uh, as I mentioned before, I really like uh, African-American music, especially music from Andrew Thomas, Moses Hogan, and they really inspire, inspire me when I'm doing my arrangements and, uh, and compositions. And I would, uh, what I normally tell my, my, my fellow composers and arrangers is, uh, you don't just sing your music. Because sometimes you may uh, you may go to Nigeria, to London, to America, and they will give you a particular style of music to do, and it will really challenge you if you only focus in doing your own music. So just do a lot of other people's research, music, 
and uh, styles of different styles, African-American arrangements, even classical music, operas, and you will really learn as a composer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, thanks for the advice. Thanks for the suggestions. You know, everybody, you know, what our composer said, you've heard him. Do some research, diversify, expand your horizons, listen to other styles, write in other styles. Brilliant. Thank you very much. It has been interesting. We've tried to fit in as many questions as possible. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate the time you've taken out, you know, to, to, to talk. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it was nice meeting you, Mr. Evans, Amanda mm. Uma Mbiji. Um, and thank you very much to everyone who's joined us and everyone who will watch this video later. Thank you and have a have a brilliant day. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. Right.